When you need help or advice, you turn to your parents or a trusted friend for help. So why go outside of Virginia, your home, when you need car insurance? Able Insurance gives you individual attention and won't turn your way no matter what your driving record looks like. Giving same-day personal service in the state of Virginia for over 30 years. Able Insurance, 979-0814 is the number. Ableinsurance.com is the site. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. layers and ball shorts. Coaching from the side of the ball court. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. If you know, you know. If you know about the carport, the trap door supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know. What up, 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 do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Amar Hawkins. I appreciate you rocking with me. As we preview. Virginia visiting Notre Dame this Saturday on NBC. 3.30 or 3.47 kickoff is showing on some publications, but it's supposed to be a 3.30 kickoff. Be the first game of the year that UVA isn't playing at night, and they're hitting the road again for the first time since going to Heinz Field and de- defeating Pitt to start the season off 1-0 and and also 1-0 and in the ACC. Before we get started, Got to shout out the sponsor, shout out to Abra Insurance. Go to abrainsurance.net for all your insurance needs. Abra Insurance, service in the state of Virginia for over 20 years. Home, business, auto, life insurance. Holler at Billy and Charlene White, the good people at Abra Insurance. And they're also proud sponsors of The Walkthrough and what you will see on Twitter every Wednesday. And also at amadhawkins.com, you will see The Walkthrough plus bonus footage. Able Insurance. Also, Connor Murray Realtor. Um, search Connor Murray Realtor on Facebook if you're looking for a place to invest in, a place to live, a getaway place. You're trying to upgrade your way of living. Holler at my man, Connor Murray. And also, if you have an Instagram account, search Connor Murray Real Estate and hit him with a follow and message him and tell him the Ballhawk sent you. Connor Murray Realtor, proud sponsor of the Ballhawk Show. And go check out crowcookies.com crowcookies.com losing never taste is so good you know the old saying eat crow when you prove somebody wrong and it's football season it's a new way of serving crow with sweets crowcookies.com is the place you can find some good old eat crow products it's just cookies but i i, I back them so let's go ahead and jump into it man the wahoos are 4-0 and they are visiting uh, Notre Dame, who is two and one on the season, unbeaten at home. Um, the Wahoos travel to South Bend, eleven point underdogs, coming off a game in which they struggled versus ODU in the first half and had to come from behind and score. What was it, twenty eight unanswered? Yeah, twenty eight unanswered points. So uh, it has a lot of people doubting that the Wahoos could win. I would say if. The Florida State. So I, I would say this. If ODU took place right after William & Mary, and then they played Florida State. So if 
Virginia was coming off the Florida State game last week, and Notre Dame was coming off the Georgia game last week. I think everybody will pretty much give the Wahoos like a 50-50 chance of defeating Notre Dame. But you're only good as your last game. Everybody's prisoner of the moment. And now you have a lot of doubts when it comes to UVA. Now I see a lot of people saying that the defense has trouble tackling. Um, of course, we understand that our offensive line has been musical chairs and a lot of injuries. Although Watima didn't start at center, but he played right and left guard during the game. But I don't think he played any during the second half. So you got a lot of concerns. Uh, so everybody's really doubting the who's and it just – pretty much having their mind that they want the Hoos to have a more victory of keeping it close and not getting blown out, even though they're a top 20 ranked team. So um, it's going to be an exciting game, in my opinion, because of the doubt, because the Wahoos are back in that same doghouse that they were in going into last season and going into this season. Just everybody's, you know, one week they believe and everybody's on a high horse. And then it's like, uh uh-oh. I don't know. Notre Dame's legit. Notre Dame's fighting to get into the college playoffs while you're lowly Virginia, and they're just pretty much writing them off. So Notre Dame comes to the game, a top 10 team. They're number 10 in the AP and the coaches. UVA is number 18 in the AP and the coaches. And, um, yeah, like I said, the Wahoos are coming in as the underdog. So let's go ahead and take a look at Notre Dame, Brian Kelly is their head coach. Chip Long is their offensive coordinator. And Clark Lee, or Lay, is their defensive coordinator. Uh, Looking at them offensively, I really like what I see. And Book, their quarterback, Ian Book, is a guy that uh, in the fourth quarter has been phenomenal the past 12 games. He leads all FBS quarterbacks with a 194.6 passer rating on 70 attempts. The next highest FBS fourth quarter passer rating belongs to Florida State, James Blackman, who we saw. Uh, in the third game of our season with a 169.1. And the average in the FBS is 127.7. I'll give you some numbers for Notre Dame. The Irish defense has allowed just one total passing touchdown this season, and it came last week versus uh, Georgia, and it was a phenomenal catch by number 15 for for Georgia in the corner of the end zone uh, with some other numbers. We can go nine. Cole Kemet tied the program record for catches by a tight end in a single game last week versus Georgia with nine. Uh, and he also had over 108 receiving yards, adding a touchdown catch. And that was the first game that he returned all year from an injury. And it demonstrated how important he is to that offense because when I break down what they do schematically on offense, you'll see why Komet is so important to that offense uh, Notre Dame has won 12 consecutive games at Notre Dame Stadium including a 6-0 clean slate last season it's the third longest winning streak at home for the Irish since Notre Dame Stadium opened in 1930 Notre Dame has held its opponents to 30 points or less in 17 consecutive games matching Washington for the FBS lead in that category the Irish defense forced opponents to an FBS lead in 44.9 Passing attempts per TD allowed over the last 12 games. The average over the FBS is just 18.8 attempts per touchdown pass. That's that's pretty. That's 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 real good. That's just showing you the pride in which they take in their pass defense. 
Uh, just looking at them defensively, they, they usually send four, maybe five, and they keep their core group in of just they run a four three. They keep their three linebackers in. They have one linebacker that's built like a safety that they will sub in. So I guess you can consider him their nickel, but he is really a linebacker. He's just undersized and he can run and, and do a lot of things. But you know, the average is a team that they're going to spread you out. Like I said, Ian Book is the motor. The guy is uh, very mobile. He's not a true dual threat, but he did have 89 yards rushing. Uh, which game was that? Was it? I, th- I want to say it's the Louisville game. He had like over 80 yards rushing. He is second on the team in rushing. But here's a guy that's that's very special throwing the football. He's very accurate. He gives his big receivers uh, plenty of opportunity to catch the football. Um, he's on the max Trophy watch list, Maxwell Trophy watch list, Davey O'Brien watch list, and the Walter Camp Award watch list. Um, he has two big-time receivers as far as size and what they can do after the catch. We already talked about their tight end, and they have other weapons. They have a guy uh, that will play both ways with them. Uh, he plays DB, number four. He will come in versus New Mexico. He had a little reverse that he took almost, you know, to the house, 60 yards out. Uh, but Chase Claypool, number 83, he's a six foot four, three, six, basically six foot five, 230 pounds, and he's a load, and he runs good routes. He uses his body well. Uh, they throw the ball up to him. Just because he's covered doesn't mean they won't come to him, and I think he's going to be the toughest assignment at receiver that we've seen this year because of his physicality. Uh, when we saw Scary Terry for Florida State, he lined up in one spot all game, so it was easy for Bryce Hall to defend him, okay? So that's why Scary Terry didn't bother me. Now, Scary Terry got behind Bryce twice late in the game because Bryce was being overly aggressive. But with this young man, Claypool, the one thing about him that you dislike as a DB is that even when he's covered, he's open because of his ball skills, because of his, because of his body control. Now, with that being said, Bryce is a bigger corner with long arms, very strong, and it's all about who's going to win the jump ball. And anytime Bryce is, uh, he has a a very good jam with him, and he tries to pin the hip and look and lean. He has to expect a throw behind a back shoulder throw, and those throws are very difficult to guard. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see. They also have Javon McKinley. He's six two two twenty, another. Bigger size DB, so, you know, Nino is going to have his hands full. They will move Claypool to the slot. Uh, we talked about their tight end, Komet. He's 6'5 and a half, 250. So, you basically got a receiver that's the size of their tight end, 84 and 83. They're going to get the ball to those guys. Uh, Notre Dame's offensive coordinator is a former tight end in the South, and that's Chip Long. When he was at Memphis, they set tons of records. When he came to Notre Dame last year, uh, he led them to a top 25 S- FBS ranking and completion percentage and first downs. They had 287 first downs last year. Um, since since entering the lineup, actually, book ranks in the top 25 in signal callers um, in the categories of completion percentage, 70 passing yards, 306 pass efficiency, 161 passing yards per attempt, passing yards overall completion so since he's entered the lineup they've been a totally different offense and that's because chip long is going to make sure he spreads you out in any of his four maces he's going to try to end up with a trips look whether he motions to it whether at the snap of the ball somebody the, the routes combinations that they run you're always going to have 
three level routes on the same side. He's going to flood a side of the field. If he doesn't flood the side of a field, then he's going to make sure he hollows a particular player. They have a play that I love. It's just a simple mess route where he has a tight receiver and he may send a tight end and they cross the face of the linebackers and that umpire and they make you make a choice and the one thing that Ian Booker does actually very well is he presses the line of scrimmage so if you blitz him he's going to drift back and he's always going to allow the play to develop but if you just send four and drop in the coverage and they run that mess route basically that that natural rub with the two drag routes he's going to press the line of scrimmage meaning he's going to give you the illusion that he's going to run and he's going to make that linebacker step up. And when that linebacker steps up, he's going to look to the guy that comes open. If the linebackers continue to stay back and go with the crosser, then he it's a run. It's basically a run pass for him. And he's very fleet of foot. He's quick. He's decisive. He's not going to give you a whole lot of you know juke in the phone booth. And he gets what he has to get, and he gets down. Um, schematically, they do a very good job of making you make a decision: Are you going to pressure him and let your DBs be on the island? Or are you going to cover and now make your linebackers go one-on-one with Ian Book? You know, if you try to play zone, they're going to three-tier you. They're going to three-level you, and he's going to try to find an open guy. Georgia did a great job of making plays on the ball and generating turnovers. Uh, The one thing that North Carolina – I mean, not North Carolina, but Notre Dame didn't do this past game is win a turnover battle. They got two – very timely picks versus Notre Dame, and they took advantage of those after Notre Dame kind of jumped out early uh, due to a muff punt and things of that nature. But uh, Notre Dame is very sound on offense. I like what they do on offense. They're explosive, uh, schematic, and they make it tough on you. They make you play man-to-man. They make you have to pressure Ian Book, and he does a very good job of being elusive and he will retreat. Unlike a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of quarterbacks will try to get out you know, the back end, you know, roll out right or left or step up in the pocket. He has no problem being uh, a Brett Favre type or Aaron Rodgers type or really backpedaling and allowing the, the the tight end to come up underneath or the back to run come out on the angle route. Um, so they do make it tough for you. So it's going to be a chess match. When you break up the team comparison scoring offense, UVA averages 35.3 points a game. Notre Dame averages 39.3 yards per game. Rushing offense, Notre Dame averages 144.3. UVA averages 133.5. Both offenses don't really run the ball, and they both have had trouble running the ball outside of one game for each offense. And I'll go through that when I finish these team comparisons. Pass efficiency, Notre Dame has the edge, 166, while also averaging 300 yards per game passing. UVA sits at 133, and they average 236 yards passing the game. Time of possession, Notre Dame has lost time of possession in every game because a quick strike. And UVA is a methodical offense, even though they rush up to the line. It's just getting lined up and identifying the co- uh, the coverage and the line, and they average 33 minutes a game with the ball. Scoring defense is identical. Both teams come in giving up 18 points a game. Rush defense, UVA is only giving up 75, while Notre Dame is giving up a whopping 204.3 yards per game on the ground. And I'll go through which teams ran the ball versus Notre Dame after I finish these team comparisons. 
uh, pass defense. UVA is only allowing 188, while Notre Dame is only allowing 157.3. Now, granted, they play Louisville, who is some trash can juice throwing the football, but Louisville can run the football. But with that being said, they did a very good job versus Georgia. And I think, you know, what's the kid named Brom or Fromm? I actually like him as a quarterback. And I thought Notre Dame did a good job versus Georgia defending the pass. Um, total defense, North, uh, I keep calling North Carolina. Notre Dame gives up 361.7, while UVA gives up 263.8. Uh, Virginia averages five sacks a game, while Notre Dame averages one turnover margin. This is where Notre Dame has been phenomenal. Uh, they have a 1.67 edge, while UVA is a negative 0.5. So we could look at Notre Dame. We talked about their lack of ability to stop the run this year. Like I said, giving up 204.3 rushing yards a game, and it all started off versus Louisville. So Louisville gave up. Louisville gained 249 yards rushing versus Georgia. Then New Mexico came and rushed for 212 yards. Now, granted, Mexico ran for all those yards but only scored 14 points. Louisville had them in a dogfight early, and then Notre Dame came back. And then Georgia actually had, once they got the lead, they started to gas them late to kind of seal the game, and they gained 152 yards on 33 carries. So Louisville had 47 carries for 249. New Mexico had 46 carries for 212. And then Georgia had 33 carries for 152. Now, granted, Notre Dame did a very good job of running the ball versus Louisville. They had 42 carries for 230 yards, led by their quarterback. New Mexico, they had 38 carries for 157. And then last week versus Georgia, just 14 carries for 46 yards. Versus Georgia, they threw four. Uh, what are they? they threw for 275 versus Georgia, 434 versus New Mexico, and they threw for 193 versus Louisville. The one thing that jumped out to me versus Georgia is penalties. They had 12 penalties versus Georgia. They only had four versus Louisville. They had seven versus New Mexico, but they had 12 versus Georgia uh, versus Louisville, they caused three turnovers. They caused four turnovers versus New Mexico, but they only caused one turnover versus Georgia, and then they gave the ball up twice, and that was essentially the turning point as well. So um, offensively, I like Notre Dame. I think it's going to be tough to stop Ian Book and that offense. Um, Can we get after them? Absolutely, but it's going to be up to the DBs on the back end because Chip Long – would go unbalanced. Chip Long would go tight twins on both sides. He would go trips. He would motion and flip the ball to the receivers. He would motion and do a flea flicker and attack you down the field. So he's very unorthodox. The main thing is if you keep Notre Dame backed up starting out, they are less as potent and they won't be as aggressive. But as they get to the middle of the field, as they get to, the, to their own 40, their whole playbook will open. The great thing about our defense and our special teams with Delaney when we do score, just punting the ball if we have to, we get teams backed up. So if we can get Notre Dame backed up, you won't have to worry about them being as aggressive, but they will still spread you out and go four wise or trips. They they usually only have one back in the back. But they, they will have occasional H back with their tight end, motioning like we do with Cowley. 
Um, they will try to run the football as well. But to me, they're more dangerous passing the football. Now, if Notre Dame starts running the football against you, it's going to be a long day for you because they can definitely throw the football. Now, on the flip side, let's jump to the flip side. Teams have been gashing Notre Dame running the ball. It's mainly I – would, I would give Louisville the true tip of the cap that they ran the football, and they use the same type of offense that we do. They got to the edges. They use their – This episode is brought to you by Carvana. They'll drive you happy. Carvana has purchased over a million cars from happy customers by giving them an offer within minutes. And they can do the same for you. Carvana will give you a real offer for your car within minutes. Then they'll come to pick up your car and pay you on the spot. So to get a real offer on your vehicle in minutes, download the app or visit Carvana.com. The quarterback, a lot. The quarterback for uh, Louisville scored on two rushing touchdowns. So I'm pretty and, – and I want to say that maybe it was the first game of the season because I always look at things from both sides. You know, you can say what well, Louisville ran against them. Louisville has the same scheme that we do inside zone read. They have a little option flavor from, from the shotgun. Flip it to the receiver on jet sweeps and things like that. But also, first game of the year, you just don't know what Notre Dame was trying to do schematically. Uh, all Louisville could do was – running the football because their quarterback can't really throw as well. So you're going to emphasize running the football if you're Louisville. Now, on our side, Bryce Perkins is a guy that's very dynamic. Samoan Slash is very dynamic. P.K. Kier, Atkins, you have Mike Hollins. Hollins. And now you, you run that fine line because a lot of folks want us to run the football, correct? Everybody's like, let's run the football. They give over 200 yards. If we don't run the football, it's going to be a long day for Perkins because our offensive line, because of what Notre Dame wants to do, and they want to pressure the quarterback. They, they mainly only use four guys trying to get to the quarterback. Uh, Okawa, Akwara, Julian Akwara, number 42, is a very good defensive end. He's their captain. Um, I also like Drew White, number 40, their linebacker. He's always coming forward. I think he dissects running pass very well. He pursues to the football very well. But I think, you know, we can spread them out because, like I said, they don't really substitute a nickel in. They have a linebacker that's a smaller size, but he's still a linebacker mentality. He's always going to come forward at the snap of the ball. They will use their safeties to come down and check in the slot, similar to what we do. It's almost a mirror image to what we do. Instead of, you know, inserting an extra safety, they just insert a smaller size linebacker and then bring one of their safeties down as a nickel guy. So that means one safety high a lot of the time. So we can get matchups if we put a Joe Reed in the backfield. We put uh, Billy Kemp in the backfield. We put Tavares Kelly in the backfield with a four wide set. The one thing I want us to really stay out of, unless we have one of our receivers in the backfield, is a two back Three receivers, you know what I'm saying? 20 personnel, two running backs, no tight ends, three receivers, just because now their linebackers are really going to what we call use clamp coverage. They're going to press a line of scrimmage to where they can still spy Bryce, and now you really enclose them in the box because Notre Dame defensive ends are going to use wide rushes. They're going to run the hump. They're going to come upfield, and they're going to force you to go to their linebackers because they feel like their D-tackles do a good job of driving the guards and collapsing the pocket. But those DNs are going to get upfield. They're not going to just say, oh, we're not going to – because anytime a defense is playing cautious versus Bryce, that's when he actually kills you. 
And I feel like it's the same with our offense. Anytime we try to protect, overly protect Bryce and put two guys in the backfield and Max protects, so now we got seven guys, I feel like the defense win because, yeah, we got three receivers, but they have two safeties. And you could kind of force the issue. You could tell the corners, hey, play inside technique, anchor that inside leg, force the outside release. You got two man, basically you got two safeties playing over the top. And then if I'm the 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 slot, if I'm the nickelback, I'm playing outside shade. I'm forcing you on the inside release because I, my backer can give me that first window initially because we're doing max protect. Now, check this out. You could just send the linebacker playing towards the slot guy to bracket. You could bracket essentially all three receivers with that lineup if you don't send them back out in the backfield. Now, yes, you will have an extra blocker, but you have an extra free linebacker to wait for Bryce. You got seven guys in the pocket protecting Bryce. So he sees a spy. You got guys coming up the field and just compressing the pocket. And essentially, nobody's open. And that's just me on a dry erase board. Because they always say the last guy that draws on a dry erase board will win. Because everybody has a counter to anything that you show. So that's why I don't really like when we go two backs, three receivers. Unless, right? Unless your outside receiver can truly win inside. But even that. I'll still have my corners playing inside technique and forcing you outside. I'm going to force you to run the nine route because you got to put some type of air under the ball because I would just tell them play two trail inside technique, protect your inside anchor that, that, that leg punch force a wide release. And then once you go a wide release, I'm going to trail you and I'm going to stop all back shoulder throws and I'm going to make you throw in the dead zone. And hopefully my safety comes over top and knocks his, knock your face off or get a pick. And then on the inside, and then on the slot, I'm playing outside leverage now. I'm anchoring the outside leg. I'm gonna play clamp technique. I'm gonna take over the ins, I'm gonna take over the top shoulder, top outside shoulder, and make you run to the inside. And hopefully that linebacker doesn't get sucked up. Now you now you are playing with fire. Because essentially, if I'm the offensive coordinator and I see you doing that, I'm gonna run a skinny post and I'm gonna run a go on the outside. Now this safety has to make a decision because when I make the skinny post, I'm going to really tell it, tell my slot receiver to treat it like a dig route because it's too deep for that linebacker to really get into that window. Now that safety has to make a decision. Are you going to stay on this hash or are you going to help your boy on the outside? Cause he's trail technique. Remember what I said, you play inside leverage, force outside and play trail to take away the back shoulder. But now you're what we call stacked, meaning you're dead to rights on go routes. You're dead. Your safety got to get there. So now you could just essentially give you, you know, just send that, tell that guy that's running that, that seam slash skinny to really treat it like a dig route and run away from that safety. Because on the backside, I'm sending you on the go route as well. I'm going to take the eyes of that safety and make them go to the sideline. And you, hopefully you got time because you got max protect. So that's if we do run some three. Just three receiver, two running backs in the backfield. If y'all could visualize what I'm saying, hopefully you can. And I'll spend like two more minutes just explaining to you. So essentially, you have your five offensive linemen. You have no tight end. You got three receivers. It could be slot left or right. Your two backs stay in the block. So when your two backs stay in the block, 
Essentially, that linebacker get help with the slot guy because the nickelback or the outside backer just checking the slot receiver can jump to the outside and play clamp coverage to the outside top field shoulder, meaning he's going to push you down. He's going to make sure you don't catch anything deep. The counter to that is you run a deep dig because that linebacker that that linebacker can't help on a deep dig. He can't help that outside backer slash nickel guy. And then the outside, you just bracket it. You hope your DBs trail, hope the safeties get off the hash, force a perfect throw. It's going to be that inside deep dig or po- and or post. Now, you can run a skinny post, but if you do, I, I take that back. Don't run a skinny post. Run a true post in the middle of the goal post because that safety is like playing cover two. When you, when you see teams playing cover two, outside release on number one, number two run a vertical and really bend it inside to make that safety either stay on the hash or get outside to the sideline. It's a two for one. Everybody ran seams on Madden or on college football. So, but when we go four wise, they they play man again. They might play single high. They might play two high. Regardless, you have the matchup with that inside linebacker. Well, if you go four wide, they're gonna bring a safety down. You gotta attack either thirteen or number six. Those are the guys you're attacking. I'm putting my best receiver when I need to play. I'm putting Joe Reed there. If I want to get the ball deep to Chapman or Joe Reed, I'm going four wide, and I'm putting them on the side of number six and number 13. Number 13 is the substitute for number six, but they're both linebackers. 14, the safety, both safeties are very good safeties. They could come down. They'll play zero coverage now. They will blitz, bring everybody and play zero coverage, island coverage back there. But, um, you know, we got to come out, be very precise, passing the football, uh, get Bryce in the rhythm. Short passes. I don't feel like this is the game. You come out and try, try to take a shot early, even if, if they are in some type of bump, run some type of rub, natural rub routes. Make sure you're always bringing two guys across the face. Do the same thing that their offense doing to our defense. Bring two guys into the vision of Bryce at all times at different levels. So if you got if – if we have Cow, Cowley in – and it's a three-receiver set, but one tight end at the line of scrimmage, and you want to run a quick out with number two and a, and a post route with number one or a goal route or a stop route, bring Cowley across the face. So when Bryce looking to his right, those two guys not open, you got Cowley coming late on the numbers, I mean on the hash. Or you got him coming over the ball. Because as Bryce looks to the right, the linebackers are going to naturally flow that way. And they're going to naturally go to those receivers that they see, and Cowley could come out late, you know. So yes, we got to implement the tight end some um, every chance that we get, especially when we're in our two back set and Cowley's in any play action. Just run in the scenes because those backers are going to step up. Number forty is very aggressive. I would attack. I will always have Cowley on his side, and I will always play fake towards forty because he's going to come up the field like a bat out of hell. He's going to be aggressive. The kid flies around. Both of their back, all three of their backers fly around. Their defense line, they fly around. The reason why Louisville was gassing them because they was over pursuing, and natural cutback lanes were taking place, similar to what you saw what ODU was doing to us. It wasn't so so much a missed tackling. It was this we were over pursuing. I saw a lot of people saying we came out flat versus ODU. We actually came out hype. It was just they use our aggressiveness against us. So it's gonna be interesting to see. 
what we do versus Notre Dame, I definitely feel like it's a 50-50 game. I know the ODU gives people calls to pause, but it's a blessing in everything that's a struggle. And the fact that we struggle to run the football, the fact that we struggle to protect, it's going to cause coaching now on this big stage to really go into his bag and give me some screen and goals, give me some double moves, give me just be very aggressive, but be very precise. And when he sees that a certain play or formation is working, you check it and you really start to devise ways to get to that same route combination out of different formations. Don't just go to the wheel world so much that they could always know four wides they're going to run this, two backs they're going to run this. Send Atkins out from the backfield. Send the, the Samoan slasher out. Because we, we have shown that we'll motion the Samoan slasher into the slot. And he'll run a seam route. It's been open. So I'm pretty sure we're going to be aggressive, but it's going to be controlled aggressiveness. Um, I can see us making sure we use tempo as far as lining up quick and seeing what they're being. And I always say tempo is not all about snapping the ball fast and getting the ball out fast. Tempo is about getting to the line of scrimmage, dissecting what they're doing defensively, dissecting what they're trying to do up front. Are they shifting with certain motions? Are they stunting depending on what type of formation you're in? And with that being said, when you get the ball out quick, right? You get the ball out less than a second and a half. D-lineman got to pursue to the ball. And then you get right back to the line of scrimmage. And then they got to get right back in their stance. And they don't know if you're going to snap it quick and they're going to snap it or take your time. So sometimes you may snap it quick as soon as the ref leave, right? And then sometimes you may just clap, say, hut, and just see if they flinch a little bit. Then check and see what they're doing. Because most of the time you can see the linebackers or the DBs pointing to the sky. That might be a roll coverage. Or they might be grabbing their face mask. Or they might be tapping their hip. You're just trying to figure out what their signals are. It's like baseball. And then you get it out again. You get it out quick. And as you repeatedly do that, you mentally get in, you mentally fry a defense alignment because they're trying to work their pass rush moves and the ball is gone. And then they got to pursue. To the, everybody has to pursue to the ball. You don't, you don't want to get a negative grade, right? So if you get to the quarterback and the ball is out, within two seconds the ball is gone and you work your move like, damn, the ball out, and you just look. You can't sit there and watch because if you do, you're going to get a negative on that play. And your grade going to look trashy when you're reviewing the film. So just think about those big horses just had to keep running, pursuing the ball and get down in their stands, and can't work their move, and can't work their move. And then all of a sudden, one play, you play action, and you setting up for a deep route. There's no more pass rush because they're assuming that the ball's going to come out quick. So instead of rushing the passer, they start mirroring the quarterback. They just start rushing to get their hands up. That's what you saw with Florida State. So a lot of people think that tempo tires you out physically. No, it's the mental we going out there. You got a lot of guys, conditionally, they can run for days. And they could pass any conditioning test. But when you start making them think, that's when they get tired. Because they, they don't react the same. They get frustrated. And that's when they tap out. That's when they want to come out the game. The coach be like, you tired? They be like, nah, man. I'm just frustrated, man. They getting the ball out so quick. You ever heard Aaron Donald when he played against uh, Tom Brady? It's like, damn, man. Hold the ball a little bit longer. Or Khalil Mack. Like, they hate when quarterbacks get the ball out quick. That's tempo. Tempo is from snap to quarterback to receiver, sometimes that's the tempo. Not just snapping the ball fast like you saw Florida State doing and and killing themselves on third down. No, it's just all about snap, catch, get the ball out. Snap, 
Catch, get the ball out. Quick, quick. That's the quick. Quick, 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 quick. And that's what I was, you know, having a conversation on Twitter. And, and a gentleman was like, no, it's conditioning. You know, if you're not snapping the ball quick, it's a waste. That's the disconnect. Some folks really got to really be in tune and understand the chess match in football. The one thing you think is easy is actually hard. So why you think the D lineman get to rest is because you're not hiking the ball quick? Ask the D lineman how they feel that as soon as they come off the ball and take two steps, the ball is gone. And they continue to do that over and over. They feel like it's a waste of a pass rush. But that's all I got for y'all, man. Wahoo, wild, Wahoos going into 11 as 11-point favorite, number 18 team in the country versus number 10, and nobody's giving them a shot. People are laughing at them on Twitter if you're optimistic. ODU game has really caused everybody to lose, not everybody, but the majority of the folks to lose hope and just say, hey, keep it close. Hey, you're in a championship fight. Just don't get knocked out. You fighting Deontay Wilder. If you go 12 rounds, that's a moral victory. No, we're trying to win. Good is the enemy of great. Be great in everything that you do. It's the Ball Hawk Show. Make sure you subscribe. Sorry that, the, that this episode was a little longer, but I definitely wanted to break down schematically what the Who's can do and why we do some of the things that we do. And also this. I know everybody wants us to run the football but you can't be insane. If you know you can't overpower somebody, there is no use of just trying to show that you're making an effort to run the football. Set it up. And the way you can set the running game up is by being efficient, throwing the football and moving it down the field and making defenses start to just focus on that aspect of your game plan. And that's when you start to gash them. Because, like I said, when it's a short passing game and they don't want to get up the field, boom, now your line can come downhill and get a push because they are catching. Defensive linemen start catching the block because they're looking for the pass and just to get their hands up. It's a ball hawk, man. I'm out of here. Subscribe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.